Here we oh my go gosh. again. Boys are back. What Damn. is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, Brandon, and John. I love it. I I was so ready right there, though. <laughs> I you were. I am learn. so happy that you just did that. <laughs> oh, I was man. ready with the Euro step. We, we could stop the episode now. Bye. <laughs> that was awesome. On today's episode, boys, we're going to recap this past Saturday's UFC 268. Mm. Then we will take a look at this coming weekend's fight night headlined by Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Then we will hit you with some storylines and news and finish off with a little fight pantry. And this week we are doing Mexico. Yeah. So stick around until the end for that. But first, boys, what is up? It's been a busy weekend for me. Yeah, what'd you do? Had a lot going on. So I put up two Christmas trees today, and I hate putting up Christmas trees. Why two, and why this early into November? Because my mom and her parents are pretty incapacitated right now due to, like, different surgeries they've all undergone recently. Mm. So they literally can't do anything. And so I am the was the only one to help because my brother bailed. So it was basically me putting up the trees you with my wife somewhat helping. You see mine sitting in the hallway. Yeah. Ash is like, she will, she's doing everything she can to put it. She wanted to put it up this weekend. And I was like, there's, so my rules typically doesn't go up until Thanksgiving week. Okay. But it seems like every year she's convinced, like, I'm just like losing this battle and it becomes mm. like one week earlier, one week earlier. Slowly, slowly we're getting, gotcha. and it's like. And now it's like she's sitting here and she's like, well, what about this coming weekend? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's settle on next weekend. Not this weekend, next weekend. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I mean, she's, she is good. Like, I will say, like, day after Christmas, she takes it down. Mm. Everything. All the Christmas stuff comes down, put up, it's gone. At least that's that's nice. That is nice. That, yeah. So I, I'm not, it's hard to complain about that, but it's it's like i mean i just don't want to see it that long Mm. christmas i love christmas who doesn't but i don't think brandon likes christmas i feel like a good part of it is you it's just that little flash in a pan right yeah i i don't mind looking at it it's honestly it's just putting it up for me the whole process i don't enjoy it yeah me either it's just really monotonous and i don't like it yeah what's your favorite christmas carol Christmas Carol? Yeah. The one that's kind of creepy. Um, I can never think of the name of it. Whoa. Dun, 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 yeah. That one. Isn't that like an orchestra? Well, they do that. They do a version Merry, of it. Merry, Merry Christmas. Yes, that one. Nice. Yeah. I can see that. I also want a new firearm. It's exciting. Nice. You won a firearm? Own. Oh, own. What do, you, what do you own now? A Mossberg 500. Oh, that's yeah. The pump shotgun. Yep. Shot it today. My arm hurts really bad. Say, how's your arm feel? Yeah, dude, those. I literally only five rounds too, and it still hurts pretty bad. Yeah, so it's one of those things. That if somebody breaks in and you have that, you're like, man, please just go. Yeah, yeah. Just, I really <laughs> don't want to shoot. This. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, boys, anything else before we get into this episode? Anybody else want to bring up? Uh, I took a couple pictures this weekend. That was a first for me. A couple, oh. like three no, pictures? like couples pictures. Like, me and Jordan. Oh. Gotcha. Significant other pictures. Yeah, that sounds. Not fun. Which I told her if we ever do any more, they have to be the mastermind style. Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah, on the swing set. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's what was the purpose of the pictures? Um, She worked with somebody who takes them, and she just want. We never took pictures together, and she wanted some for, like, Christmas cards, I think. So, Gotcha. Christmas cards. You guys will be seeing those. Well, boys, let's get into it because we have a massive, massive card to talk about. Um, each and every week we ask you, John, go. 
boom, we ask you to subscribe. We ask you to rate us. We ask you to leave a review. And if you're on social media, you need to be doing the same thing there. You can leave us a review in the comments. We don't know. Send us a message or something because we're going to message back and we follow back. Just hit you with oh, that. Yeah, Pat Barry. Pat Barry, Trevor <laughs> Whitman right there. I was ready. Little corner work. <laughs> I feel like those are going to be coming all episode. Could right. be. Could be. Boys, let's get into it. This past Saturday, <sighs> UFC 268, Kamara Usman defeating Colby Covington via unanimous decision, 48-47 on two judges' scorecards, 49-46 on one. Not really sure, boys, uh, what more we can say about how great uh, Kamaru Usman is. Mm-hmm. He is the pound-for-pound pound, you know, best fighter right now, clearly on planet Earth. Um, we do know that. Um, I think the only discussion now is when can we officially say that he's passed GSP as the greatest welterweight of all time? Because after that, you know, then we're moving into just the greatest fighter of all, all right. time discussions. But what's an appropriate time to you guys? Like, when does he pass GSP? So, Chael Sonnen actually has talked about this. And it's one of the few things I think he has a kind of a good point on. Um, GSP fought people... I don't know how much I agree with three different generations, but you can see it, that he fought people across a few different time frames. Like, um, sure. you know, when he was in his prime and then when he got a little bit out of his prime and he was fighting some of the young guns and still doing well. So for me, I guess Usman's doing a good job right now fighting guys that are in their prime. So like Mazadol, Burns, Covington, those guys. But I, I feel like for me, I need to see... I don't know. I'd say like three or four. Like if he beats the guys like Hamza, you know, the guys that are coming up, like sure. two, or two of the two or two or so of those guys. And I think we're in that conversation. Dude, la- <clears throat> last night, I think, I can't remember if it was Rogan or DC after you guys left on the, you know, they do the little post fight where mm-hmm. they just sit and talk. One of them said like the perfect thing of Hamza and it just almost gave me chills. But they were like, cause they were talking about, you know, obviously who's left for Usman. You know, you got obviously Leon Edwards is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still some matchups, but they said, one of them said, they said, Hamza is the wolf that's like sitting on top of the mountain, but he just has to get through the valley first. Mm. And I was like, ooh, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Because uh, yeah. that, that is true, man. And there are some people I've been seeing today. I mean, there's already people saying that, you know, Hazma is probably the toughest fight for Kamara now. You know, that still to me is as, as high as we are on Hamza, I still think he does need to get through that valley. There's still, you know, there is guys in this division that are still going to challenge him. I mean, you talk about a guy like Colby Covington alone, you know, mm-hmm. there's guys that can push Hamzat in this division for sure, but I don't want to get too far off that. Um, cause I actually want to get to the fight. Um, just a great, great fight. I mean, you put these two in the cage and it, I mean, it's going to deliver hundred um, times out of a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, I did go back and rewatch it again today. Um, because I do want to know if you guys agreed with the judging. Um, I personally, after rewatching it still don't see round two as a 10, eight. Um, I still scored it a 10, nine after rewatching it. Um, and not because Colby and he really didn't, there just wasn't a lot of act. And I know some people are like, oh, you know, the two talk, two knockdowns, excuse me, that warrants a 10-8. But they were kind of in secession and like they were kind of like, he gets knocked down, he pops up, he gets knocked right back down. Like I don't see, you know, I see it more of like, if it was like a 10, you know what I mean? Like two knockdowns to me is almost like he gets knocked down, gets up, you know, re, you know recalibrates, mm-hmm. so to speak, and then gets knocked down again. But I almost see him as like one fluent transition into the next. Um, so I don't really see it as that personally. Um, but I think it, it was 2-2. Obviously, I gave Usman the first two, Colby the next two rounds. 
I think it came down to that fifth round, which was really close, but I do think Usman edged it just mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, but what were you guys' thoughts on the fights and your thoughts on the scoring and if you agreed with it? Yeah, so I think for 90% of it, I do agree. It's kind of the point, man, for me, like 10 eights are just kind of, I'm just unsure what we're supposed to be looking for. Worth noting, too, only one judge scored that a 10-8. The other mm-hmm. two gave it 10 Right, and I and I don't think that necessarily made, was, like, a huge difference maker in this fight. I still think that, you know, Usman edged him out. I think he definitely landed a lot more clean, more often. But I also think Colby was a lot more successful, too, um, especially than what I expected. As the fight went on, which yeah. kind of, I mean, maybe because his cardio is so good, we, it shouldn't be too shocking, but I almost felt like, Usman settling more into the fight would have benefited him a little bit more um, as to where we saw Colby starting to have more success as the fight went on. Yeah, after he got dropped. That's sort of like, well, not immediately yeah. after, like that round he lost, but at three, four, and Went five, out and won the next yeah, round. Yeah, he started yeah. kind of really turning it up. But anyway, you know, I don't disagree with the score um, at all. The t- Like I said, the 10 just in general to me, I, I just feel like they're so subjective, which I get all fighting is subjective. But that to me is something I, I wish we could iron that out a little bit more sure. to figure out how to make that more concrete mm-hmm. you know that's a 10 eight that's not but other than that man yeah i think i agree with everything that they said yeah i feel like with the 10 eight um which i lean i mean i haven't went back and rewatched it but in the moment i lean to it only because the him knocking him down twice and finishing on top of him like that was the most dominant position for either one of them the whole fight everything else was real back and forth nobody else held that much of a dominant moment i just think he got off enough offense like it wasn't much and, the, and he didn't miss a lot because at first you know the first couple minutes you know colby didn't land i mean he was throwing a lot but he was missing everything he did land a couple strikes and he did kind of hold usman against the cage though he didn't do anything with it offensively mm-hmm. except for just held him against the cage for a minute but yeah i just to me i don't see enough to where it's like it was a clear an obvious 10-8 round for me. Mm-hmm. And the only reason, like, I know you said you didn't think it was that important in the grand scheme of things, but to a lot of people it is because I have seen a lot of people today that gave uh, Colby that last round, which would have ended the fight in a draw. Mm. Um, so I just, that, that was mm-hmm. my biggest thing. I was just curious if, you know, today, if you guys felt any differently or if you still feel like Usman won that fight. Yeah, I still feel like he won. What I will say about Usman, and this is what, as great as he is, he did get really sloppy as the fight went on. As the fight went on, and almost not necessarily desperate, but and it might have just been desperate because he start, like, once he got into the third round, he started reaching for stuff more. He started sitting in a pocket way more than he needed to. Yeah. Um, and that's that's scary because if you know if if Colby's strike, I mean his, his striking definitely actually even looked better than the first fight. But if he's a little bit more of like a cerebral striker, some of those openings that Usman was leaving by that sloppiness some other bi- people might be able to put him out for that. I mean, right. you haven't seen anybody do it yet, but I'm just saying in fighting... Like we a all, Leon Edwards. Right. You know, or- we, we know in fighting, all it takes is one shot placed right, and when people get sloppy, that's when it happens. But that being said, Usman is still just... You know, if if Colby couldn't couldn't do it, it's going to be really hard to see anybody do it until they do it. He's kind of reached that point at this I, point. I think Dana, what Dana said in his press conference was, I agree with completely. If if Usman doesn't exist, Colby's yeah. the champ. Like yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Like nobody's taking the punishment Colby mm-hmm. took. Nobody puts Usman in danger like he did. And mm-hmm. you know, so I yeah, I'm as, I'm as much impressed with Colby. As I am with Usman. Which I'd love to see Colby against some of these other guys because mm-hmm. if you look at Colby's record, he hasn't, outside of Woodley, he hasn't really fought the guys that are up there now. 
um, you know, with Woodley and then like RDA, like, like Robbie Lawler, those aren't guys who are where they're at now. Top who Usman's yeah. gone through at this point. So sure. I'd love to see like him and Burns and him and some of these mm-hmm. other guys now, which you'll get a little bit better of a chance to see because obviously with Usman already running through everybody, rematches are going to be a little bit harder to get. Yeah, yeah. With the GSP comparison though, uh, kind of getting to the numbers a little bit. So the longest active win streak um, was set by Anderson Silva, who according to Brandon is you know, washed was absolutely, absolutely overrated. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was set with 16. Usman is now one fight away from that, uh, tying that with 15, uh, GSP's longest active win streak was 13. GSP had 13 successful title fights. This is the biggest discrepancy. I think with Usman, he's at six, right? Mm -hmm. So GSP has almost double the title fights that Usman does or title victories. Um, and GSP had 19 welterweight victories with Usman sitting at 15. So he's not Mm -hmm. too far away from that actually. So I think it's kind of tough because I think if the numbers tell the story for you, then he does have a little work to do to be considered, you know, ultimately he's kind of lucky because like, well, maybe lucky, unlucky because, somebody that a lot of people consider the greatest of all time GSP is in a division that he now runs. Right. Um, but the good thing about that is once you do pass GSP, not only do you become the greatest welterweight, but it's hard to argue that you're not one kind of the, take his spot. Yeah. You're not one of the greatest of all time at mm-hmm. that point. So I think if you are, you know, cause a lot of people today are like, you know, what's left for this guy? What is he still, you know, if you're chasing anything, you're just chasing that yeah. at this point, it's all about legacy. And yeah, for me, it's the title defenses. Yeah. He's GSP he's, had nine. So for me, that's the mark for me sure. of where he's going to be <clears throat> to pass him. Yeah, but he's it, he's getting close, man. Yeah, no, for sure. I on mean, everything, and that's at this point, it's just don't like he's kind of playing on house money. But if he wants to be that, every fight's a well, you got to treat it like you're trying to get the title because these guys are bringing their best at you, it, and you're trying to chase GSP. It'd be interesting too. The only thing that I could like kind of counter the actual numbers is if you just look at the actual body of work. So like. GSP's first 15 fights in the U, you know, Kamara Usman's undefeated in the UFC, which is really hard to do over this many fights. Mm. But if you compared his uh, kind of CV or his first so many fights to where Usman's mm. at, I'd be interested to see because I feel like if you look at it from like kind of that view, there might be a case to propel Usman into that spot already. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree with that or no? I just have or to Or do you see still it. need to see yeah, it? Yeah, I, I just need you to still see need it the numbers. paper because yeah. it's. You know, it's also it's tough because it's so recent. Like what what Usman's doing is right now, and to look sometimes looking back is a little bit more difficult to like see the broad spectrum because ten years from now when Usman's retired, you know, it's kind of like the the Jordan Lebron stuff. It gets really hard to start comparing eras. Yeah, I what we should do sometimes is we should sit down and we should establish like for for us between the three of us like who, what constitutes the greatest of all time. Like we should we should try to get like an actual idea of what you have to meet what criteria like guidelines you have to meet. yeah and then maybe we could see if we could flesh something out with that yeah yeah that'd be fun. i mean it definitely would be would be interesting just the conversation about like what goes into that into yeah. the goats yeah we'd have to be. come up with our kind of like our own grading mm-hmm. system for sure um so now moving forward i would you know we're going to assume with usman you know I don't think it's necessarily like a Leon Masvidal winner. I think it's just Leon. Mm-hmm. And then I think if Masvidal wins, I think then you're looking at a Vincente Luque possibly. Um, you and know, because Masvidal I, and Colby. So that was my next thing is, you know, Colby said in the post fight, 
that he wants Masvidal next. You know, that was something mm-hmm. he said that fight just needs to happen. You know, there's too much of a story there. He, he said that he needs to drop out of the Leon Scott fight. He called him Leon, Leon Scott. I don't know why. <laughs> He's always done that. But he said he needs to drop out of the Leon fight <clears throat> and fight him like January of next, early next year. Um, I don't think he'll do that because the thing is, is there's also a great storyline right. with Masvidal and Leon as well. So I don't think he'll do that. But, you know, if Masvidal is to lose, I, I think that fight's right. definitely right there for Colby. Or if he wins, really. Right. Because there's no way off of a win you're going to give Masvidal Usman again. No. Um, so I think either way for Colby next, as long as he's willing to wait, you know, maybe mm-hmm. first quarter, some late first quarter next year, I think him versus Masvidal is a great fight yeah. just to close that chapter out completely. I think that's definitely the fight to look for. But at the same time, like John said earlier, I don't, I don't think he's short of options. Like he's still got yeah. quite a few fights in that division. For sure. And I don't think, is everyone matched up or there's no, some people out Wonder there? Boy's not matched up. Luke I don't think. A, Gilbert. Okay, a yeah. lot of these people aren't matched up. Yeah, and, these are, and these are the people like kind of like what John was saying. We need to see him against these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based off of his body work against Usman, you would assume he matches up great against all those guys. Right. But, but you also just never know, mm-hmm. man. Could just be a good matchup with Usman, yeah. And yeah, well, and sometimes we see, like, like a Gustafsson or something who has this really close fight with John Jones and looks like the— Just can't you know, be nobody can else. be about, But then he kind of falls off, yeah. so mm-hmm. you, you just never know. And some of these guys—I mean, fights like this take a lot out yeah, of Yeah, I was going to say, those, those types of fights just take a ton. And, like, dude, he's so tough. Right. I mean, just— I don't even know who could really finish him. The only thing I could say is I think it would maybe take like a Hamza or a Gilbert Burns or just submission. some crazy submission savvy guy that can just literally Chiesa. choke him unconscious. Mm-hmm. Kiesa, yeah, you know, like guys like that that, you know, could just wrap their arms around him and just put him to sleep. Because I feel like at this point, that's well, like really or, what it takes. Or it's what Usman did the first fight. We got to like break his face. You got to. Yeah. Or, yeah. Know. But dude, even still, he was. Right. He was still walking was, Usman down. Going back and watching that first fight. Yeah. That, I mean, I think he was on his way to being finished, but it was a pretty quick stoppage. Like or. He, yeah. Then, you know, as we've been seeing with these calf kicks too, there's there's certain ways to de. I mean, there's guys you can put people out even when they don't want to. It would take a technique though, yeah. like where, you know, you, he'd have to get drop foot though, because even if you're just doing damage to the leg, he's still gonna. Yeah. Keep, I mean, he's just that tough. I'm just man. saying, you can get people's leg to shut down. Oh, for sure. So. That's what it would take, but it's gonna take you know something like that. But definitely for Colby, like yeah, definitely not short of options there. It's just I think it's gonna be interesting to see. How the Masvidal Leon fight plays out because if Leon wins, he's yeah. got that he's got to be the guy. You yeah. know what I mean? No exceptions. Um, but he loses, and you know you could be looking at a Luke, which that's a fun fight. You right. know, for Usman, we were kind of talking about that last night. Is you know Luke presents a lot of problems that we haven't really seen. You know, Usman faced with mm-hmm. if he can get to his game. And he's familiar too. I mean, they've trained together, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. At Black Zillions, mm-hmm. back of the old Black Zillions gym. So yeah, no, that's a that's a good option. And for Mazdaval, you know, obviously he couldn't get right back into a title shot. But if you beat Leon, who's what number three? Yes. And then you go on to fight Covington, you win that, then that can get you close. So that's why you could make that fight make sense if he beats a number three guy. So for sure, the boy and boys, the co-main event: Rose Nama Yunus defeating Zhang Weili via split decision. Um, I um, I like this fight. Uh, like the main, or excuse me, like this fight. Um, in the main event, I had it going 2-2 into the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rose, like I said last night, just doing what champions do, you know, goes out, times a beautiful double leg, you know, sets it up with kind of like a 1-2, I think it was, and mm-hmm. just changes levels and uh, gets way lead to the ground and finishes the 
whole pretty much that whole fifth round on top of her just doing damage won the fight um my question to you guys though is were you a little bit surprised at Whaley's inability especially in that fifth round uh to kind of get off her back because we you said that she's had some finishes off her back but Mm -hmm. to me it just looked like she was kind of out of her depth a little bit on her back yeah um I was pretty surprised about it I actually called her by submission I think in my Mm -hmm. original pick and the first fight by submission um I know she's got those finishes I, I need to go back and look at him. Um, I think, and she threw her legs up a few times with Rose, but Rose was doing a pretty good job of just kind of sitting low and staying solid in guard. Like, Rose didn't pass much. She pretty much kind of chilled mm-hmm. in guard or stood yeah. up and threw. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's kind of interesting because Wei Li's wrestling looked really good. Like, that was a big improvement. Definitely improved. And that was kind of where I thought her hole was, and now, obviously, there's another one we kind of have to work on. So yeah. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised with that. It's interesting to to go to a camp and work with, you know, top rated wrestlers, and then like, obviously she had to have been gotten taken down a hundred times in you know in camp, and to not be able to get. I mean, and not to take nothing from Rose because yeah. you know she she it, the whole passing thing wasn't for not trying. Every time Whaley would dig that leg back in, or she'd do a really good job of retaining like a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's. I mean, that was the difference between the fight. I mean, their stand-ups were good exchanges. You know, they both had some some good moments on the ground, but not being able to get off her back was Wei Lee's. Did you guys think it was two-two going into the fifth? Yeah, yeah. I had a two-two. Yeah, I thought it was two. I just because, and I only think that's important because, like I said, I mean, just digging deep like that, and textbook, like finding a way. Yeah, and then you know, you take her down, you know, Wei Lee down, Rose to do that. I thought was just like that's just the most grittiest championship right. mentality uh that i think you can have but yeah this was another just fantastic yeah. well like the other thing is whatever's in your head take it out take it out whatever's on your mind stop it turn it off turn oh, it off yeah <laughs> pat barry yeah he's uh he might got most eccentric corner man of the year <laughs> that for was, that. <laughs> that was hilarious uh aside from the um aside from the uh wrestling excuse me of way lee um really interesting in those first couple of rounds like i thought that was a definite improvement but it seemed like especially through the first round kind of even going into the second round did you guys get the sense that she was kind of like just nervous or like she just wasn't it like it took her a minute to really get going it seemed like oh yeah especially that first round i felt like yeah no it it, she seemed real a little tentative and was kind of just throwing stuff that was a little bit out of the way but just to seem like she was throwing stuff and every time rose would do something she would like kind of copy she was was just well she was reacting you know Every time Rose fainted, you know, she reacted to it really hard. But it just, I, I kind of wonder if, like, sometimes there's, like, that psychological side when you're, you know, you don't really plan or train for it. But once you're in there and you're standing across from her and mm-hmm. then you just picture that head kick again, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it just it just seemed like she was really afraid to kind of get going. Now, once she got going, I mean, she landed. I mean, she rocked Rose. Was in the uh, was third? Second, maybe was it the second or third? She rocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely turned Rose around almost with she a stumbled. huge, yeah, huge shot. Um, but, yeah, man, just a great fight. Another one where it's like, and we'll get to another fight, but it's like you put these two in the cage and it's just, it, it's dynamite every time. Just mm-hmm. such a good fight. Um, and then for, you know, for Rose next, uh, you know, Carla Esparza, they've, that, the, that rematch probably is the move. Mm-hmm. Um, Esparza's won five in a row. The only thing is uh, Dana White in his post-fight press conference I saw last night um, did not seem very thrilled about giving Esparza the shot. You know, Esparza has been very open about sitting out and waiting for her title shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dana White did not seem like he wanted to reward that at all. 
Um, and you also have, because you also have Marina Rodriguez out yeah. there who's uh, sitting on a three-fight win streak, and she's a fun, exciting striker. Mm. And, you know, if you're the UFC, you might go that direction. Um, but to me, I bet if you're Rose, you want that Asparza fight, because Asparza won that first fight. Yeah. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? She Either said that she wants it. Asparza? Um, yeah. And I think, and I mean, even Marina said that she the Asparza deserves it. I mean, I mean she, she said she wouldn't say no to it, but she thinks that she'll probably be the one. So. I mean, Rose is such a better fighter now than when i mean she oh had, yeah she had long hair in the first fight so right. <laughs> she hadn't even cut her hair yet she also does really well in rematches she's had a few rematches yeah you mentioned that point. that's a good point i didn't mm -hmm. i didn't really think about that last week until you had said that on the episode i'm like man yeah because was it joanna yep she beat in the rematch and andrage, andrage. yeah she's beating much she, she is really really good in those moments she's um, moving herself up there in that all time in that division two now at this point she's got some really big wins <sighs> at that weight class i to me, oh man, that's an interesting question. Has she passed Joanna? Joanna had a really bright flash, but it wasn't as a long. The greatest one. 115. Boy, put me on the spot. It's tough too because recency bias, right? Yeah. Man, I don't know. Uh, DC had mentioned it during the fights last night, and it kind of put you in like Has a. She passed. She's got some big wins, man. It just okay. Here's what I'll say, and I'm just I'm saying this in the moment. So granted, I would have to sit down and like look at the numbers, <laughs> look at look, you know, see what they've both done. The only thing I will say is I remember when Joanna was champion, I had the feeling nobody's gonna beat that. Like she was scary. Mm -hmm. And she was she was good, but she was scary. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't see any like woman beating her. I still feel like Rose is very not beatable, not very beatable, but I still feel like there's matchups that don't favor rose very well if that makes sense as to where at one point i just felt like like i don't know i guess rose hasn't crossed into that not to say that she can't either mm -hmm. but she just hasn't crossed into that like untouchable uh mode for me yet yeah. as a champion as mm -hmm. a champion so yeah. i guess i'm just saying if you compare them as champions because obviously joanna's far from her days too yeah uh but yeah i guess i guess i'd kind of be there i'd, I'd probably say maybe not quite yet yeah, i mean she imagine rose getting through esparza and Rodriguez. yeah yeah at that point i mean really i think you get through esparza at that point you've cleaned up all your rematches you know that's and, like four in, four big fights in a row yeah for sure yeah i think because i'm trying to think of who, who was yoana's last big win and i know we're talking about recency bias she beat waterson was that? Yeah, I think when she had the title, is that character? Because she's on like one, one, lost one, 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 lost. I think she's coming off a win. I feel like she just beat. I she, she lost to Valentina. She just beat somebody. Yeah, I'm not 100. percent I can't remember, sure. but I can look it up. Yeah, it's when you, and then it's one of those things too. You know, we talk about obviously you can't control who you fight, but some of the people that Joanna got matched up with aren't necessarily the people that you look at, like with Wei Lee and Andrade, and yeah. even with um, like Rodriguez. It just the evolution of the sport just presents a little bit different challenges. Sure. So, yeah, Joanna's record is crazy, man. So, uh, obviously, beat Andrade was her last, you know, title victory. Then she lost to Rose twice mm -hmm. for the title. Beat Tisha Torres, lost to Valentina for the title. Beat Michelle Waterson, and then most recently, um, in March of last year, lost to uh, Zhang Wei Li. That mm. remember it was like oh, fight yeah, of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had that, that big crazy, old hematoma. That crazy, like, and I mean to be honest, that was a fight she could have won. I mean, that was a close fight. Yeah, I yeah. remember feeling like, man, this could go either way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know if I'm quite there yet with Rose, but, if but Rose I think has she's two close. wins over her. Yeah, that's true. I just I think it's just more like here heat of the moment yeah. in my head. It's like I don't think as highly of her as champion yet. I think she's closer than Usman is to being the best. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. Just because they're just not that same level of. Yeah, I'd hundred percent agree with that. I would agree with that one. Um, next fight, boys. Marlon Vera Chito defeating Frankie Edgar via third round knockout. Just beautiful uh, front kick straight to the chin. Very Anderson uh, Leota Machito esque. Mm-hmm. Um, boys, Chito Vera rolling. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful sad scene because obviously for Frankie, you know, yeah, this decline for him is getting ugly. It's kind of like almost BJ Penn esque, where it's just mm. like somebody just get him out of here. Man, but I I don't quite feel that. I, I mean, I do to a degree, but because here's the thing, kind of winning that. Yeah, fight. he was winning. He looked well, good. He looked good, but it just didn't look like he was ever like putting Cheeto in a bad spot. Even when he would land, it just like it didn't seem like it was doing damage. I thought he was. I thought his boxing was was putting. He was. I mean. To take Conor McGregor, he was boxing Cheeto's ears off. I right. think through two rounds, um, and then it's like I think Cheeto realized I, I've got to. I mean, I think it was at the second round was a little closer, like could have been Cheeto's round, mm-hmm. and maybe it was one one going into third. But you know, Cheeto came out in that third, like he knew yeah. I need to finish this. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man. I I kind of agree more with Brandon. I it's tough because I see it in Frankie. It's still there. Like, he still has that fire and will to fight, but I think his body's mm-hmm. kind of going, his chin a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I, don't, Anderson thing I, don't, I don't think Frankie's ever going to be realistically in the title picture. Like, I just right. don't think that's going to be there. But I just, And that's kind of is the sad part for me. Like, I think all the other parts to the equation are there for yeah. him. Like he's still got mm-hmm. the speed. He's still got the skills he has, but... I just think the game's a little bit further along, but he's still good enough. Like he was, like I said, he was exchanging well and landing, outlanding Cheeto, and he took him down a few times and held him down. I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, Cheeto's his finish ability is really nice in that yeah. division. He's so well rounded too, man. Mm-hmm. He's just good everywhere. He's good off his back. Really good striker. Um, I'm excited for Cheeto, man. I think he's. I think he could be the real deal. I'm excited to see, you know, moving into 2022. Uh, next year kind of where where he's going to propel um, one thing with Frankie and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit because I'm going to go off of this uh, into Colby but one thing that we talked about with Frankie um, was what if what about a like a weight change because like we we had talked about like man you know which Cheeto is a bigger 35er mm-hmm. but it's like man Frankie kind of looked like a 25er in there but I feel like if you're Frankie man if you can do that why not? I mean, I yeah. don't know what that would that cut would entail for him if he could even do it. But and at forty, he's pretty. old. He is pretty old at forty. But yeah, I thought maybe that could be something for him. You know, just to kind of reinvent yourself because that's what he's done well with, right? Every yeah. time he's moved weight classes, he's kind of reinvented himself. Um, but I kind of thought that same thing for Colby. You know, yeah. there's ton of matchups for him at seventy. But man, could you imagine if Colby could get down to fifty five? Oh man, that would be crazy. Him and Dustin. Oh gosh, I was thinking that. This I mean, morning. Dustin's fought at seventy two, so it's not like it. Dustin says he wants to be. He's going to finish his career at seventy. So I mean, I could see that. And just get tired of cutting. <clears throat> yeah, I think I saw something somewhere where, like Dustin said, even if he were to be. Oliveira, he can't guarantee that he'll ever defend the belt because he might just move to seventy. Man, and him and Usman's another good. <sighs> Just the boxing and the striking there, man. man. I'd be interested to see how big Dustin is at seventy because Usman's a big yeah. seventy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah there's um, just there's definitely some 
some good matchups there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but big win for Cheeto Vera, like I said. Other than that Aldo fight, you know, oh. giving O'Malley his first loss, yeah. you know, beating Davy Grant, who was <clears throat> killing everybody. Well, it just makes you see how good the reinvention of Aldo is at dropping down to beat a guy who's just ran through everybody else almost. Well, even with the Aldo fight, thinking back on it, like, he lost. But if I remember right, he it was kind of close going into the third round, and Aldo kind of took his back. And that's how it ended. Mm, was yeah. He just kind of maintained back control. It was really close. Which, fair to Aldo, I mean, he won the fight. But For I remember sure. Cheetah looking pretty good in that one as well. Yeah. Boys, the next fight, Shane Burgos defeating Billy Quarantillo, <laughs> Billy Q, via unanimous decision. It sucks so bad because <laughs> we're going to get to the la- the fight that kicked the whole card off. But these guys had to follow it. And I saw so many people, I think Dana said it too, was any other card that fights Shane Burgos, Billy Q is fight of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was, but I think it was such a dump. And I mean, even here, we felt it just watching it here from that first fight that yeah. it was just kind of like, uh, like everybody needed an exhale. Too. And they went out, Shane Burgos and Billy Q went out, put yeah. on a barn burner too. But it was just like nobody had energy to give to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, huge win for Shane Burgos. Billy Q is tough as they come. Yeah, so many times no I thought, thought he was going to be out of that fight, kept coming back, kept fighting back. Um, Shane Burgos. Got back in the wind column yeah, after rebound. that, you know, scary, scary knockout. And he's one of those guys, too, man, that I think he gives a lot of people problems. But he's just kind of fallen into that where we've, we've talked about it with other guys where it's like they win, they win, and they just can't quite jump to that next level. Mm-hmm. So let's see if Shane Burgos can finally do that. But what a fight between those two. But unfortunately, like I said, <laughs> the fight that kicked it all off, Justin Gaethje defeating Michael Chandler via unanimous decision. Holy cow. Yeah. Fight of the year. I mean, what was the one we were talking about was fight of the year? Ortega oh, uh, Volk. Ortega Volk was up there. Like that, that, one's, that one's still mm-hmm. top for me. Really? It was a championship five, went five, oh, five rounds. Okay, I guess it was. Both of them put him in danger. Boy, I mean, you saw everything. When we do our awards at the end of the year, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> when we do our year-end awards. Can imagine if this one was five rounds. Oh. Yeah. I don't even know. That's the thing for me. Because I'd, I'd, I'd like to sit here and say... Neither of these guys would have made it to the fifth round. I but, didn't think they'd make it to the first round. But I didn't think round. exactly. I never thought. <laughs> right. But man, this fight, other than really ground game, this fight had everything in the striking department. Mm-hmm. Leg kicks, hooks, uppercuts, I mean elbows. Um, these two are just as tough mm-hmm. as they come. Yeah, and I mean, even when you did get to a ground element, you see Chandler shoot and you see Gaethje just do a front flip to get out yeah, of it. Yeah, oh, he had him like, like I think Chandler Super had deep. like his whole legs yeah. on, feet off the ground and yeah justin just literally flips out of it just yeah, unreal it's, yep. yeah these guys it's i told you guys it, it looked like when you're playing the video game and you know how to throw punches and kicks but you don't know how to block because they were Jeez. just blasting each other i just man i felt like at first i was like chandler's gonna win like because i thought like that first round i think chandler won even though i'm not really sure how you even score that first round yeah um and then i think gagey won the last two for sure but once again, just two guys. I mean, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, you you have to find a way to watch this fight if you haven't. I mean, is round one round of the year at the very least? 100%. Very possible. It has to be. Oh, yeah, I'd have to go back and watch. They, they, just, mur- good chance. <laughs> they just murdered each other just over literally, and over. Literally, literally killed each other. I mean. Two psychos, man. I don't think I've ever yelled that much during. I mean, just, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. It's like Joe like, Rogan. Oh, dude, you thought, because at one point, like, Gagey was rocked, and then, you know, Gagey's, like, on the fence, and then he just, like, a dog in a corner just blah, 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 just fires, and then, then mm. Chandler's backing up because he's rocked. I'm right. like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, 
there's too much to even break down in that whole fight. Mm -hmm. Go find it. Go watch it. Um, the biggest thing I think after this is, is this enough now? Justin Gaethje, number one contender in your books. That's a tough question for me, man. I don't understand that. I don't, I just don't understand how like you guys can look at that fight, look at Justin Gaethje and not think that other than Oliveira and Poirier, he's the best 155er in the world. I'm not saying he's not the. I'm not saying he's not that. But you're asking if he's the number one contender. How do you not? Who else? The problem is he's sat out so long, and I don't know that. And like you look at guys like Darius, uh, Islam, who have been pushed. You know they've been fighting during this time off, or, or the time where you, you know the title was vacated and whatnot. Um, and I just feel like in terms of deserving, I don't know that he's. I'm not saying he de- doesn't deserve it, but it's just not as clear cut for me. Yeah, I, I would go on depending on who wins. With him already fought Dustin twice. I just don't think it matters. If Dustin, I thought he fought Dustin once. No, there was a DQ the first time, I thought, for like uh, an eye poke or something, and then they fought again. No, that Gaethje fought Alvarez twice, and it was a DQ. Oh, okay. So he's only fought Poirier once. I believe. Okay. Yeah. But it, it is tough, too, because, like I said, you do have Darush, who's been on a really good streak. I think Darush and Islam are going to fight. That's what I, I still think. I think they are going to, I think they are going to fight. I think they both need that fight against each other. And I think whoever comes out of that is probably ultimately next. They might have to unfortunately fight again. It's just the way it works. But to me, Justin Gaethje is number one contender. I think you give one of those guys to Gaethje. And then I just don't winner. see that, man. I think that that's what I think. I, I just don't understand it. Well, it's tough, too, when you talk about Poirier possibly saying he can't even make, after this fight, there's probably not another 55 fight for him as far as being able to defend. So if, well, if I mean, Poirier at that wins, point, you, yeah, obviously I mean, if, you do like I, a, I think he would defend it. But even if he were to vacate, yeah. you still have to have another. There'll be a next fight for the 55 title. Yeah. And I think no matter what, whoever, unless, yeah, because, I mean, even, even I think if, Poirier were to be Oliveira, he like I said it last week. Oliveira hasn't been champ long enough to warrant an immediate rematch, right. in unless, my opinion. Unless it's like some crazy unless barn it, burner yeah, fight or, or something, or some crazy you know Aljo Peter Yan mm. DQ, DQ no type thing. Yeah, I mean there's there's always different variables, but you know if just uh, excuse me if Dustin goes out and beats him fair and square. Whoever's in that next title fight, I think Justin Gaethje has to be one half of it. Why? Why are you so convinced that he's the best? Because I, ju- I mean, because I think it's I see Michael Chandler as being one of the best, and I think he just went out. There's just to me, there's not many guys that can do what Justin is able to do, especially what he did last night, and that present the same problems as he does: takedown defense, leg kicks, striking, durability. His chin, I think, is just unreal like next level and i think i still think he's only getting better how many guys do you see lose a title fight and get it right back after one fight though what do you mean he just lost to habib then he loses then he wins this fight that's only so one fight I feel since about your that title is, loss. okay so it's one fight so he lost to habib who isn't even an mma fighter anymore he's not even in the division he's retired mm-hmm. so to me that that doesn't count at all. You don't think that matters? Not at the all. The way he lost it. No, Habib's not in the UFC anymore. He's not even champion. So to me, it's a fresh, it's a clean slate at that point. Now, it's also, I think you have to look at it as, it's Habib, right? I mean, For sure. not many people look, other than Ally Quinta, not many people have looked <laughs> great against Habib Nurmagomedov. So yeah. to me, I don't think, I don't put, I feel like you almost have to grade that a little bit differently. Um, but 
he's not even champion. He's not even in the UFC anymore. So I don't think that I wasn't matters. even saying more him. Just the the fact that he just had a title fight, but it was against a guy that's not even in the. In MMA or UFC, but I, I still think that matters to me. To me, it's the time off. It's the it's just that he, he hasn't I mean, done anything. Are we mad that a guy like Justin Gaethje, who gets in the wars that he does, takes time off? Not necessarily. I don't think there's it, a problem with that. No, I'm not. I'm not mad at if he got it. I wouldn't be mad about it per se. But I do think a lot of guys kind of get pushed out of their chance because of situations like this. And I think that as good, I love Benil Dariush. Love that dude. <clears throat> And I want to see him get a shot. Unfortunately, I think he's going to have to face Islam. Um, Islam's been very dominant. But to me, there's nobody as impressive as Gaethje. Like, neither of those two have done anything like I've seen last night. To like, but, but They've they, done it eight times are, in a row. Yeah, I mean, they've won, but we, let's go through and see the guys they've beat. I mean, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, Benil, Benil's just kind of cracked that, like, top 10 level. Islam has really beat nobody. But that's I don't think all that's... Dan Hooker's fault. the first... No, I'm not saying it is, but it's the reality of it, too. But I don't know that that necessarily means that they're not... Desert. Like, Islam's still ranked number five. Gaethje, Gaethje was, is he, well, he's ranked number what? Two. two. One. Um, or is he... No, he is number one. Okay. But... Pretty sure. Isn't Dustin number one? I'll have to check. He's I think he's one or two. He he Dustin is one might or be two. one and I think he might be He two. is one or two. Yeah, I think you got you got Oliveira's champion, then Dustin one, Gaethje two, probably Chandler three. But I'm saying is I don't think Benil or Islam have beat anybody like Michael Chandler or the people that Gaethje's beat, you know, in the run up to this. And I just think both of those guys, as great as they are, and they're both, they're, I think they fight, to me, they fight each other, and that person is next, and, and that determines, that's that next level fight for but both if, of those but guys. But if, if both of them need to fight somebody that's next level, and doesn't them think, fighting I'm, each I, other? No, because I'm I'm thinking Ju- Gaethje's number two. I think they are, uh, Benil's number three, Islam's four. Mm-hmm. So, no, they're clearly that next level, but I'm saying Islam, his next level fight was the number eight ranked guy. So was he eight when he fought him? Uh, I don't. According to this, he's number eight. So Hooker. I don't. Hooker. I, I think he was like six. He might he have been. Him. Yeah, down to. Okay, yes. Sorry, down to number six. Um, I'm not sure who did Benil. Who was his last fight? Ferguson. For, come on. So you know what I'm saying? Like to me, it's just. Yeah, but Ferguson was the fight that got Gaethje to the title. It does. It's. It was a different Ferguson though. Was and we, it? Yeah, I can go back on the podcast when you said it. We all agreed on that. I mean, but I mean, when you see the fight though. Yeah, it wasn't the same Ferguson. He he ran when that but that was like kind of how good Gage he's gotten. He's gotten can pro- progressively so was better. It, was it that much of a not like a different Ferguson, which I agree with, or was it that much of a an elevated Gagey? Uh, I mean, that's you know that's kind of subjective a little bit too. It's all subjective for a hundred percent. But I'm just saying to me, Benil Islam, they have not beat anybody like a Michael Chandler, and especially. A fight like that. I mean, that's just to me. That's a championship deserving number one contender match. Really, the only thing that would if if Gaethje had fought one fight between all of this, to me, absolutely, he's he's the deserving without question. I just I don't see it because like if Habib was still champion, absolutely, but he's not. So to me, or if or if he had lost the belt and like he was just kind of still hovering there as number one contender, it's like yeah, well, you lost to Habib, so Habib deserves next. And or I think whatever. if he, if he went out there and knocked Chandler out in round one. I would probably retract. I would still say, yeah, I think he is deserving of the title fight, but because it wasn't as, it wasn't a clear cut win. Oh, but I think it's almost more impressive. No, because look at how Chan- how Oliveira knocked out Chandler. That was way more impressive than what Gaethje did to Chandler. That's true. So that's why it's I, it's interesting, at the very least. Oh, I mean, it is very, and it all 
it all to but to me, <clears throat> I think either guy that would have came out that as the winner to me it would be next. I think well, you they, couldn't put Chandler back in there again after getting knocked out. If Dustin won, you could or wins. I yeah. think you could. Well, and it's hard to even rank where Chandler is at the division right now because his only victory is Hooker. Hooker, <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, this is a tough fight. Obviously, he was winning the Oliveira until dominated, he got knocked out. Dominated the first round. But at this point, you know, if he goes to his next one and loses to another top ten guy, how good is Michael Chandler? I mean, I still think he's beat enough legitimate guys in Bellator that um, I, I think he's a very legitimate guy. He might be a little bit passes, you yeah. know, kind of prime a little bit. That's what I think is more remained to be seen is, mm-hmm. is Michael Chandler still an elite level yeah, he fighter? Looks, he and, could go the Alvarez route where he looks like, oh, man, 100%. this guy's the guy. And then it's like, well. Well, hundred, and that's what we're going to find out, right. I think, in the next Chandler fight. Um, and obviously at 55 there's plenty of matchups for him there. Oh, yeah. um, real quick, going to run through the rest of the prelims, though. Alex Pereira making his debut, defeating Andres Michalians. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell that dude's last name. Beautiful, beautiful flying knee mm-hmm. uh, right down the middle. I thought his takedown defense looked pretty good, too. I mean, he did get taken down, was able to get back up. Um, I think he's going to continue to get better, obviously. He's gonna, he's got a good team with Glover and them there mm-hmm. in Connecticut. So I think he just kind of needed to get in there. Really excited to see where he goes, though. Right. Bobby Green defeating Ally Quinta. First-round TKO. Bobby Green is so good, man. Right. He's just so, so It's hard good. not to root for the guy, too. Yeah. I mean, he's just, just a so character. Good. His fighting style is super exciting. So. That's what we were like talking about, too, is like with the Ally Quinta-Habib thing, it's like, this dude literally gave Habib like the best fight too. It's like outside of Glacian Tebow. It's so random. Yeah. Glacian, yeah, yeah, yeah Glacian Tebow. Yeah. Chris Curtis defeating Phil Hawes via Oof. first round TKO. That was nuts because mm-hmm. if you didn't see it, Phil Hawes was just putting the work on Chris. I mean, they didn't even look in the same league, mm-hmm. and then Chris Hawes or uh, Chris Curtis just catches him with this beautiful left hook to the face and just drops yeah. Well, and Phil Haas has had this thing of like starting really good and dominating people and then fading at the end and kind of winning by wrestling. So. Yeah. Nazardin Imavov defeating Edmund Shabazian via second round TKO. That's three in a row now, boys, for um, Edmund Shabazian who came in at like what? Was he like 12-0 and 0 or something? I mean, he was like... Yeah, 11-0 and 0 or something 11 like that. 11-0. That. that Ronda Ron- hype. Ronda Rousey's, you know, <clears throat> next prodigy. Won a couple fights in the UFC. Maybe they moved him up a little. He wanted to, you know, he had this saying, he wanted to be the youngest champion in UFC. What do you want to get it before he was 21 or something mm-hmm. like that? Maybe they moved him along a little bit too fast. I don't know. But three in a row, Tough. I feel like his next fight, he's probably fighting for his, you know, UFC future. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, and sometimes maybe, and there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, as young as he still is, maybe it wouldn't hurt him to step away Get it figured out. Come back when he's yeah a little bit more mature in his look game. At Sage, look at Chase Brandon Moreno. Yeah, yeah, ex- perfect example, hundred um, percent. Ian Gary, Ireland's back, baby, defeating <laughs> Jordan Williams via first round knockout. Uh, that's an awesome story. If people don't know. Go look up Ian Gary, Chris Bennett defeating John Volante via second Ooh. round TKO. Uh, Volante retiring after this fight. Good. Chris Bennett, what a character. Man. Which, once again, same thing. If you didn't see it, go watch. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Was it like a, it's like a wheel tornado, kick. Yeah, a tornado wheel kick. Wheel kick something. Something. Almost like Capoeira style. Oh, I love it. I love it. Boys, 
I would I, just an insert. I, if I'm playing the UFC game, he's definitely who I would take at heavyweight every time. Chris he's, Bennett. He's doing heavyweight wheel kicks over mm-hmm. and over. I would say that's UFC 268. I would say probably top to bottom best card of the year so far. Yeah, stands and, out. And you know what's funny is I talked about when we started watching the the main card is whenever you see six finishes in a row on the undercard, you just get all decisions. You get all decisions, and, and we did, but they were awesome. Right. Well, and then like. <laughs> Cheeto's the only one who didn't get to the. And that was close. I think there's like two minutes left yeah, in that round. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. But in the exchange of good finishes, you got amazing back and forth. So yes, amazing fights, boys. Real quick, some Bellator results. Bellator 270 this past weekend. Patricky Fiera Pitbull defeating Peter Quilly via TKO round two to capture the lightweight title. Um. His brother. Uh, Patricio vacated the belt mm-hmm. basically just so Patricky could win it. Yeah. I know so, he was real nervous about that because like all the pressures on oh, me. My dude, brother so, dropped yeah. the belt like that's that so much to try pressure. to lay it up to me. Um, another noteworthy result: Patchy Mix defeating James Gallagher via submission. James Gallagher, obviously, if you don't know him, was a guy that was like super highly, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what would the word be? Like just a big prospect, right? Somebody that people were really looking at looked really good early in his career. So sucks to see him getting de- uh, derailed a little bit there. Um, also this, uh, past Saturday, excuse me, uh, Canelo, Sue mm. Alvarez defeating Caleb plant via 11th round TKO. John fill us in on this one, man. It's, uh, I didn't get to watch it obviously cause we we're watching the fights and it was on showtime, but from everything I would read and I seen the highlights of it, Canelo plant kind of started off early good. And then Canelo just started dragging him into deeper water round 11 yeah. comes out and he just drops him two times in Dude, the second one. The first one, the first combination that he dropped him with that first combination yeah. was just lethal. It was literally like, uh, you know, and you see it in, in certain other fights, but with the way he does people is it's literally like he's playing at 40% and then he's just like, yeah. you know what? I'm done. Bah, 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 bah. Well, once, I mean, once plant got up, he was just all over him. Oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> and, once again, like you said, we kind of you kind of just watch this fight in clips because yeah. we were watching the UFC and that's our priority. Um, but I will say, as the fight went on and then seeing the clip right before, Caleb Plant did not look like he wanted to be in that no. fight anymore in round eleven. <laughs> no, and like you know that Canelo's running into that thing where he's just running out of yeah. people to fight. And I saw something where they were talking about he he's going to have to just move up, yeah. keep moving up, like just keep doing this. Yeah, and you know it, it makes it. Uh, as a Triple G fan, it makes it unfortunate that he didn't, the first one that was a draw that I thought he won, you know, because when you're seeing what Canelo's done, having that win for a Triple G really would boost his resume sure. as far as when it comes to Hall of Fame and all-time rank in the division. But, yeah, this is a, you know, if you're a boxing fan, you know, he's just like coming that Floyd situation where you're yeah. just like, who's going to do it, even if uh, anybody? Even during Rose Nama Yunus, Zhang uh, Wei Li. Dana White couldn't help but watching right. Caleb Plant versus Canelo Alvarez. Brandon, how did you feel about that? Hang on, I'm watching the highlight right now. <laughs> oh, of the finish? Yeah. How did you feel about Dana White watching Canelo Plant while, while, Ra- while his co-main event is kind going on? Interesting. Um, I thought it was uh, DC who was doing that. No, no, no. no. It, it was, was Dana, Dana White. Okay, he yeah. had a screen pulled up right there in front of him at his table. Uh, I don't even. I don't really know what to say about that. You said it um, made you mad. It did, but I thought it was DC oh, at the time. Okay. Oh, okay. No, the, I, that's way. It's a little bit way. Yeah, worse. he's like supposed to be working and. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's why. Because that's what I was saying. I was like, dude, you're doing a job, and he just got in trouble for being biased or whatever. Yeah. So, but no, Dana doing it. 
it's Danny. He's going to do what he wants. So. Right. Boys, this Saturday, November 13th, UFC Fight Night, number one ranked featherweight Max Holloway versus number three ranked Yair Rodriguez. Uh, obviously, we don't need to tell people how good Max Holloway is. Uh, he's coming in off his win over Cal- Calvin Cater, um, which is probably one of the best uh, singular striking performances in UFC history. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you need any indicator on how good of a fighter Yair is, the fact that he's still ranked number three um, in a competitive division like featherweight and hasn't fought in over two years mm-hmm. should tell you everything that you need to know. Uh, Yair's last fight was a decision victory over Jeremy Stevens in October of 2019. He had a scheduled fight with Zabit in August of 2020. Like he had like five with him. He has, man. It's kind of like one of those like banger fights that you want to see and it just won't never pans out mm-hmm. um, but he was scheduled to fight Zabit in August of 2020 he had to pull out with an ankle injury then in December of 2020 he was uh, slapped with that six-month USADA suspension uh, for not updating his whereabouts so basically he didn't fail a drug test right. but they showed up to test him he wasn't where he is you, you, they have these so it's kind of crazy but fighters have this app apparently that they have to like constantly say everywhere they go, they have to say where they're at. Mm-hmm. So when they're at the gym, they have to say in this app, they're at the gym. So USADA knows if they need to test. Pop up on them. So they showed up to test Yair and he wasn't, he didn't update his app. He probably like ran to Walmart or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and just, <laughs> I think he was out of state. I think it was actually a little bit more of a bigger deal than that. But uh, so he didn't fail or anything, just kind of missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that six month suspension was served, he was actually supposed to fight. Um, this fight with Max was supposed to happen um, back in July of this year, and Max actually had to pull out. Uh, so here we are now. It was rescheduled for this Saturday. Uh, boys, Yair only has one loss in his um, UFC. All of his UFC fights, excuse me, came in the UFC in 2014 uh, through the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, what do you think his uh, chances are here against Max? I think they're pretty good. I mean, do I think you? This, really? I mean, well, I've thought about. It. I've, I've been thinking a lot about it. I think it depends on the year that shows up. I suppose um, his last fight against Jeremy, if I remember, he actually wrestled a little bit, a little which bit. I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think he took him um, down a couple times, didn't he? Yeah, maybe. And I think that's how he ended up solidifying the decision was with takedowns. But that's kind of the interesting thing. I would think that um, stylistically, this is a good fight because he's just primarily a striker, and so is Max. But um, when he when he's he's had these close fights with you know guys like Alex Caceres and mm-hmm. um oh geez um Alex Caceres and uh the zombie he fought zombie, zombie and yep. that was a real war so I don't know man I have a feeling that if he Caught goes him with that, that elbow yeah wow. like right at the end Ooh. right um but I feel like if he shows some new skills like maybe some takedowns and in combination with his flashy style he has a decent chance of winning it's just Max is Max has never been knocked down in his career right mm-hmm. oh did. did no, Poirier didn't knock him down. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's ever even been knocked down. I wonder if during the Connor fight, since his leg was hurt, if Connor ever got remember. him. To... Connor took him down like four times. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. And it doesn't really shock me with you saying about Yair's wrestling. He trains in Chicago with that Izzy style wrestling center mm-hmm, with because mm-hmm. uh, his main training partner or excuse me, coach is uh, Mike Vallee, mm-hmm. uh, who and then him and Izzy have that like conjoined gym up there. So I know wrestling's a big part of their training mm-hmm. up there too. Yeah, and I mean if you look at his record, he's pretty much fought mostly all strikers and he's I mean he beat all of them. Like Frankie didn't beat him necessarily as much with striking as much as the wrestling, but I mean Jeremy Stevens, Korean Zombie, Alex Caceres, Andre Philly, Dan Hooker, like these are guys that you know, are known for having a high level. Obviously, Max is the yeah, apex I think, of that. I was going to say, I think there are strikers, and then there's Max Holloway. But what I will say is, 
Yair is very unpredictable. I mean, yeah. We talk about that elbow. He's done a lot of jump kicks he's, and hurt people with them. He's very dynamic. Very explosive. Like right. Max yeah. is very boxing heavy. Sure. Yeah. And I think where we've seen trouble is when Max deals with, like, you know, the leg, leg kicks, kicks and the dynamic yeah, stuff. That's, so I think if Yair can pull some <clears> of that out, that could be a, so th- interesting. So that's my thing is I think when you – you see the fights that Max has lost. Most recently, the Volkanovski, obviously, mm-hmm. and the difference maker in all those, or both of them probably was leg, especially that first fight, the leg kicks. And man, Yair is not the one. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want Yair starting to kick your legs. No, um, no, no. I'm so pumped for this main event. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome one. I do think it goes to a decision either way, too, yeah. though. Yeah. Both of these possible. guys super durable. Um, so our co-main event was, so we're actually only going to, we're actually going to do points for the the main event because our co-main was supposed to be Kyle Dawkins, the rematch between Kyle Dawkins and Kevin Holland. Um, but as some people, if you don't know, Kevin Holland had to drop out due to injury. Uh, Dawkins is going to remain on this card and will now face Roman Dolce. Uh, but obviously we're not going to pick for that right. fight. Um, or Dolitz. Sorry, I said Dolce. Roman Dolitz. Um, so now the new co-main event is Ben Rothwell, Rothwell versus Marco Hajirio de Lima. Uh, both of those guys are coming in uh, with victories in their last fights. Also on this card, you have Felicia Spencer versus Leah Letson, which for a women's 145-pound fight, you know, if, if you believe what Amanda says and, you know, maybe the UFC, they've been doing more 145 so that could be big implications on mm-hmm. that uh, for both of those women um, Ovin St. Prue returns to light heavyweight to face Philippe Lenz both of those guys on two fight losing streaks mm-hmm. <clears throat> really need to win there and kicking the main card off a good one between Song Yedong versus Julio Ars. boys we're only going to pick for the main event like I said really bummed about that Dawkins. I did do a three to watch if you want to hear him. Yes, I do. I'm really bummed about that Dawkins Holland. Yeah. I was really looking forward to that. That would definitely would have been one of them. Oh, um, yeah. Obviously a little light because, you know, you went through there sure. in the names. Um, first one being, can Yair get back to his potential? Because the whole, like, no contest with Jeremy Stevens and the Jeremy Stevens fight was kind of close. There's a lot of drama yeah. in there. Was it eye poke? Um, Is that what stopped yeah, the first one? I think Yair, Yair like, poked Yair him poked in the him eye. Like the first round? Yeah. Or is Max still the man? I think that this is literally just the two guys that either, I mean, not that Max has anything to prove, but at this point, you lost to the champ twice. You got to keep your name. Yeah. I think Volk's the man. No, that's what, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. But to people, it's, he's not. Yeah. Um, my second one is OSP becoming a, go, a, go, a gatekeeper. Mm. Like he's fallen into that. Like you're just going to get fed prospects until you've lost four in a row and then we're probably going to cut you. So he needs a big Maybe win. three in a row. If he loses this one, yeah. he could be in some hot water. And my last one is, can Chaos Williams keep up, you know, having these really good performances? Um, We know when he looks good, he looks really good, highlight-worthy. And then, you know, he's ran into some tough guys, but he's somebody to definitely watch on that undercard. Yeah, he was, for for a while, he was looking like, you know, the next contender. He ran into Holland, Holland, right? Holland, yeah, Holland beat him. And uh, also uh, Tiago Moisés on the undercard, Mm. another big name. Uh, Excited to see. Let's get to our pick, our singular pick. But before we do, Brandon... Update us on our scores from last night. Okay, so some big movement here. Mostly people catching up, except for Nate, because he's still in last place with 63. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've said it a million times, and I'm going to go through and do the math one day. I pick more fights winners, fight winners than you guys do. Not this you guys, time. You guys, I picked two of them. Two I picked of the three. three. Yeah, Did you, you pick got, all three? But you just got the winner. You didn't get I don't, I never, That's what I he's never, saying. I never get the round. In, I just pick the winners. Yeah. But I never get the round. And you guys will pick one right. And you get the round method and the winner. Then that's two extra points you didn't get, man. No, I know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I know. And the other so, thing is too is 
I do a, let's be real. I do a lot of work for these episodes. I'm not thinking about my picks. Do you think I sit and contemplate my picks at all yeah, before we pick them? Hundred percent. Well, you're way off. John's admitted he watches YouTube videos. No, I literally listen. You admitted to what you, it. What do you mean? You said on an episode, uh, man. I'll, I'd have to pull it up a couple. You said you watched. Uh, you said yeah, I watched a couple YouTube videos before. I watched a couple videos on this fight. I, watched, I went back and watched people's old fights. You do that all the I can't time. Remember? No, I, I just went back and watched his last three no, fights, so I like, can know uh, what's going on. It was like, uh, oh, I always go back. I mean, that's important. Okay, that's exactly what I did. No, you. It was like you were implying that you had like watched like a prediction video. I can't oh. remember what it was. Uh, I'll have to go back and find it. Mm. Do you remember it? No, I, I did, but I realized what you're saying. No, I thought you were just saying the only thing I would I said about that is there was a guy who was talking about odds. Maybe that's what it was. And I was talking about betting on UFC because I've bet on FanDuel yeah. on UFC fights. Yeah, I think you I just, take the... I think you're just salty because you've been last for like three weeks. Oh, it's been a lot longer than that, well, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's been Dude. a lot longer than Hello, that. darkness, my old friend. <laughs> yeah. It's been a lot longer but than three weeks. Anyway, John came out with five points last night, so he jumped up. So the points is, as they stand are Nate with 63, John with 68, me with 69. 63, 68. Oh, so you guys are still close, though. Mm-hmm. Every fight, yeah. I mean, this one, what's sad about is like this one with only picking one, like it could be a small shift, but then once we get back to yeah. the end of the year, there's some banger cards, yeah. so. Oh, yeah, that that UFC was 269 at the end of the year. Yeah. December's going to determine who wins this, and it's going to be on some. Yeah, it's still right there. Uh, so for our one fight this week, I'm going to take Max Holloway via unanimous decision the crazy thing about this one, though, is like I don't know why. I think I I could just see like something crazy. Like I could see it ending because of a cut. <laughs> like, yeah. like I just these two are just so like nuts and like just I don't know. I just feel like this is this has potential to be one of those ones. Like this could mm. be we could be talking about this as fight of the year mm-hmm. after next week because I just think it's that good of a matchup. It's you. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. Oh, go. you're in first place. Yeah, he's up by yeah, one. Still. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, I'm gonna go with Yair. Yair. I'm gonna go. Um, interesting. Third round TKO. Whoa. I think, think he's gonna be the first one to drop him. I think as a kicker, man, some of those strikes hit different than punches to the head. Like when you get spin kicked to the head, or even like to the body, the kicks do a little bit more damage to me than some big punches. So hasn't hasn't Yair been finished because of like getting hit to the body? No, Frankie's the only one who beat him in the UFC. And it yeah, was a I know. Doctor it was, I know Frankie. Uh, he got cut. It was a doctor. Why do I feel like somebody dropped him from a body shot? They might have. But. You may be thinking about the weird eye poke thing with. Yeah, Stevens. maybe I'm wrong. I might be way off. I'm gonna. I, I think this one's gonna be a war. Um, yeah. You took Max, so I guess I'll just take Yair fifty-fifty. Because um, I don't think he's gonna put Max away. I just don't see that. No, happening. I don't either. Um, so yeah, I'll take Yair by unanimous decision. Yeah, I don't think he puts him away. I think I think I could see Max finishing in like the fourth or fifth round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought yeah, I'm not doing that. But it's gonna be a tough. So it's it's a tough call, man. Because and like some people might be like, "Oh, you guys are crazy." Like Max, it's Max. But dude, I'm telling you, Yair is no. If he joke. comes at his best, I think that's what he wins by finish. Here's the other thing: the way that we see like Covington and Usman, two grapplers who get stuck striking. Part of me wonders that when you get two high-level strikers like this, they start grappling a little bit. Yeah. Like, I could see even Max, because he's got some decent some, little double legs yeah. that he's hitting. So no, he I trains some, the gi sometimes, yeah, too. Yeah, so I don't know. It would be tough, because Yair keeps his hands down a lot, which obviously could get him pieced up. But also, I mean, he doesn't get, outside of the Frankie fight, he doesn't really get taken down and controlled either. So. Yeah, very true. Boys, just a couple things in the news. Um, real quick, it was announced last week, and I accidentally left it out. 
don't know how I miss it, but I want to make sure we get it this week. Mike Perry has signed a multi-fight deal with Bare Knuckle Fighting and is set to make his debut in January. Do we know who he's fighting? No. No opponent yet. How do you feel about Mike Perry, Bare Knuckle Fighting? Definitely suits him. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> yeah. think he was probably built for this. Yeah. So <laughs> probably okay probably it. world champ in two months. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Definitely a good character for uh, that. A fight I'm really, or a fighter I'm really excited to see back in there, Tom Aspinall. Aspinall Versus Shamil Abdulrahimov set for March of next year, March 19th. It seems like such a long way out. Would you consider Shamil a wrestler? Oh, no. Well, I don't know. Decent wrestling, maybe? Probably decent, yeah. I feel like that's we haven't seen Aspinall, to my knowledge, fight anybody that's got a decent ground or decent yeah. takedowns, things like that. He's a daggy. Um, this is, but he's moving up, man. He's, this is a good fight for him. I feel like it's a very good fight for him. And I feel like by default... Every Dagestani guy can wrestle, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, not really, not really newsworthy or like a story, but I just kind of wanted to get your guys' take on this real quick. So th- I don't know if you guys have heard about this whole Hamzat Nate stuff that's going on. Um, essentially, the UFC, obviously, I think we mentioned it last week, but Nate is on his last fight of his deal, so mm-hmm. um, he's pretty much seems like he's going to fight this contract out. We'll see what happens, but. He's got one fight left in the UFC, and then he's technically a free agent. Um, The UFC, and Dana White has even been really vocal about it this week, is basically trying to almost force the Hamzat fight on him, and Nate's just, like, not doing it, you know, don't want to do it type thing. You know, he says he wants the big fights and stuff like that. Uh But, you know, kind of the story this week is a lot of people are saying that the UFC is basically just trying to feed Mm -hmm. Nate to Hamzat, and it's unfair, and... Um, you know, they just want to see him go out on a loss. So then once he goes and tries to compete at like a Bellator or PFL for money, you know, they're going to be like, Oh, well you're coming off losses and yeah. you're coming off a loss against a guy. Ranked low. Basically Dana White kind of fired back this week and was just like, you know, I- I'll be honest. I can't remember his exact quotes, but I kind of felt more how he felt, but just kind of want to get your guys's, you know, thoughts on it because I personally think in this situation, if you're Nate, I think Nate has more leverage because it's like, okay, if you want me to fight this one guy for my last fight, you're going to pay me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He could even use it to get a new fight, a new deal, mm-hmm. I think, personally. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, and Dana does this a lot. He puts stuff, not from him directly, but stuff gets out about guys where he's trying to swing the leverage. Happened with the John Jones thing until he shot himself in the foot. But you've seen it with Francis, Stipe, some of these guys, even Connor where you just see these things that come out and it kind of try to swing people's opinion on their popularity or their ability to move the needle. The problem is, is Diaz's fan base, he cannot fight for five years and he comes back and they're just like, sure. give him the title. Yeah. So he kind of, I think he kind of still ultimately has that. But also Diaz has never like looked at some, like, I mean, he's fighting the toughest. I mean, he just fought Leon Edwards. Yeah. I mean, he's not, it's not like he's t- trying to fight scrubs. Scrubs. So I guess what are you asking? Who has more leverage? Yeah, and do you do you think the UFC like because personally I don't know I just don't see it as the UFC is trying to like screw him over one more time before I think they're seeing is hey it's a good matchup for Hamza he can make a big name off of this guy mm-hmm. and we don't really know what Nate's future is if Nate really wants to compete at this level that's kind of what Dana said is like you know look if you can't even compete at this level then maybe you don't need to be in the UFC yeah that's kind of where I'm at like I hear Nate he wants the big fights he's been in this game a long time but how has he looked in his recent fights I mean he didn't look good against Mazinal he didn't get, look good against Leon except for 30 the last right. 30 seconds which fair play but you know I think that's what 
Nate's worried about. I, I don't. It's a terrible matchup for him against Hamza. Like, sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think if he wants the big fights, okay, prove you're worth the big fights. Like, if you can't compete, why why would we give you like the big fights are with guys who are elite? And if you can't compete mm-hmm. at that level, how do you expect to get these big fights? Sure. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then people were well, because like even like Ariel Hawani was like, oh, if, if if Nate walked into the UFC and said, I want a new seven fight deal. Um, they would give him a more like Vincente, like a yeah, like a Vincente or somebody more competitive. But I'm like, I don't see like to me, I don't agree with that at all. No. Like I, I literally think it's like, hey, this is about where you're at in terms of like where, like you were saying, where mm-hmm. based off wins and losses, this is about where you're at. If you can't beat a guy like this and you want to fight your deal out, then yeah, you're probably just not meant to be in the UFC anyways. Yeah. But I also think, uh, kind of going at like kind of more like where Ariel's side of it was is. If you are Nate Diaz, I also think you could utilize this. As, like, they mm-hmm. want this fight. Dana wants this Hamzat fight so bad that it's like, if you want a new deal, mm-hmm. use it. Like, yeah, I'll fight this guy, but you're going to pay me yeah. for it. You know what I mean? Well, I will say... You're going to give me some security or coaching. Dana's thirst for this fight does lead, like, lead itself to the idea of them trying to feed. Because you, if Diaz wins, he's back to... Now I'm I got he's got all the leverage. Sure. I just took out your your golden boy, blah, blah, blah. So it almost does there is a little bit of like maybe they do know it's a tough fight for Diaz. So it's like, oh, well, you're the that. tough guy. We'll fight this guy. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh I think that's I mean, and but also he knows if he beats Diaz, he can do it. I mean it's sure. it's a blank check. Yeah, it kind of puts you yeah, for sure. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens as it develops. Let, boys, let's get into the fight pantry. Yeah. As we mentioned at the top of the episode. Obviously, for Yair, we're going to do Mexico this week. John, let us know what we got because you went to our local El Borrego, which doubles as a Mexican yeah. grocery store uh, as let me well. Go grab the container. I forgot. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, and let the people know we have actually a drink and a snack candy. It's this, an interesting wrapping. It's wrapped in a tamale shell, and I think it says like tamales los chiles. Looks like. But garlic. here's what scares me. It says it's got like I don't know if we're gonna get spicy or sweet, but like on the packaging, the Mexican what is it? Uh, I know this phrase because it's it stands for like um, uh, dulces botanas, and that basically means sweet treat or like sweet candy. I believe. I thought dulce was chocolate. They like kind of like sweets. Well, you know? it, so it's like sweet. A candy, lot of Mexican candy is like chocolate covered in like. Yeah, but this says chilies so i don't know what I'm well it's like a chili like like uh tagine that they put on fruit and stuff that's chili oh. and like lime so we've got like something spicy and uh, it looks yeah, like yeah but it's literally here. but the wrapping is it's literally yeah. wrapped in a tamale tamalitos shell. con chile and it looks like a small uh tamale we're we just so. getting into it now yeah i mean might as well also we have drinks here oh this looks terrible <laughs> del frutal oh my god i got god. the peach nectar nathan's got the mango brandon's got the strawberry banana i'm actually pretty excited for this drink Del Frutel. I got, yeah. Like nectar de mango. Mango nectar. Oh, I have no faith in this candy, folks. I'm not going to lie. This looks disgusting. Yeah. Oh, it smells horrible. <laughs> hey, oh, man, you so got to get immersed, dog. It's so sticky. Oh. <laughs> Let's be honest. They never planned on selling any of these. I mean, there wasn't a lot of them on the shelf, so maybe they get bought up. This is probably like what like your abuela buys or something like you know this is like you know for the older generation. Those like what are they called Worthers? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Is this the is, this is the Mexican Werther. <laughs> I have zero. Faith. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, and it's so sticky. So it's let's like, count it down and take a bite, right? Or are you still struggling over there, Brandon? <sighs> I, 
finally got it. Still struggling though. Okay. Come on, come on, Brandon. Sorry. Above all, above all other things. I'm gonna open my drink just in case this is crazy. Oh, this is gonna be so bad. Del Frutos. I'm actually, yeah, I'm really excited for this. The only thing that was weird about this drink is, for some reason, they like to keep a lot of pulp in most of their drinks. Oh so I don't even know if I want to drink both these things. Oh. You got to, or I'm man. sorry, eating. I think drink. that I have some faith in this drink. I got mango. What'd you get? I got peach. And then Brandon got strawberry banana. I feel like you got the better one of the three. <laughs> See, so we're eating this whole thing at once. I'm gonna take, take a bite. Take a bite. Okay. Because I don't know how I feel. Well, go. it's being super chewy. Go I just ahead. Go ahead. Right, go. Yeah, you guys go for it. <laughs> I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to bite it yet. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm kind of mad. <laughs> uh, I'm not mad at all. Well, oh, come you on! Even bite You're such it. a girl. Come oh, on, man! I just hit my tongue and I. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> oh, it stinks! Oh my gosh! I don't think I can swallow this. This is terrible. You like it? It's not bad. I'm not. I'm not going to eat the rest of it. But you guys are a bunch of girls, man. I feel like I need to spit this out. <laughs> I wish you guys could see this, man. This is pretty gross, yeah. I'm like sweating. <laughs> These guys I are took dying. Way, took way too big of a bite. I mean, I took half. <coughs> oh, that is not good. <laughs> well, how's the drink, fellas? I don't even know because it's like mixed in with this candy. I don't. Even, how do you describe <laughs> this? It's like gagging. Oh my! He's. <laughs> 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 Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So that's a no for me, dog. I don't the drink. Let me try the drink again. To me, um, there is sweet into the middle of it, but the outside is like a chili, chili powder type of Mm-mm. taste. Mm-mm. Let me get to this drink. Did you try the drink? Oh, yeah, the drink's good. Okay. Oh, drink's not bad, dude. I'm like sweating. That mm, was so good. bad. Twenty two percent juice. That's more than most drinks. That oh. Say they're. Their fruit juice. The candy look, tastes like it looks. I don't know how else to yes. put that. Yeah. And it looks terrible. It, it just looks, looks like if you just dumped hot sauce in a plastic wrap and froze it. That's a good yeah, that's a good way to put that. Mix oh. maybe some other stuff. Like some I didn't pep- think it was that bad. Oh. It was pretty ugh. I don't know, man. I can never uneat that. <laughs> we should maybe get, we should maybe see if we can get some some testers at Gaha. <laughs> we'll go back and buy some. I mean there's like a dollar, so Oh dude, I'm giving that a one point. Two. These remind me of those mints you had that one time. Yeah, you had me try, and I just took like three oh, casually. Yeah. Yikes. What do you What are you rating this? You said one point two. I'm a one point two only What's because if I was like starving, I would obviously. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I would yeah. eat anything. Actually, I'm gonna go one point one, mm. just because I won't go a solid one. And our scale's out of ten, right? Yeah, and you can't go zero. Why? Because you ate it. Because you ate it. Yeah. <laughs> if you swallowed it, you got you committed it have to. Be, like, I don't know. I guess I'm going one point one. I'll never go lower than that. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, you're throwing in these points like it's. Uh, I don't well, know. It's a veteran say, score. Uh, I'll say like a one point six. Okay. Oh, mm. I'll go a solid three. That's a rookie score. Because here's the thing: I almost got like a little bit of fruit taste. No, Something mine like, was sweet in the oh, middle. Like it was sweet and spicy, and I don't like sticky stuff. So it was like. Well, here's the thing. Oh. In writing this, you hate candy in general that isn't yeah, chocolate. That's so true too. your score is you wouldn't oh. even if it was was amazing and we loved it, you it probably wouldn't have got above but like Dude, a four for you. I literally thought I was gonna throw <clears throat> throw up. You still yeah, really should have recorded oh. that. That was hilarious. Both of you, your face, you was like, "Oh, well, this kinda, isn't bad." It kind of hit me like when I swallowed it. I was <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that did not taste like I thought. What are they called? Tomito, tamales, <laughs> yeah, ta- tamalito, con chiles. Uh, there you go. Oh yeah, Tamo- tamalitos con chile. Yeah, I would stay away. 
Um, any of our Mexicanos out there that have tried these, let us know. Oh, this <laughs> drink is banana strawberry. Yeah. yeah no, these mm. drinks, I can get down with no, these. Yeah, Del this. Fruto. Del Fruto. I got mango. Nectar. Yeah, I got Nectar peach. de mango. Yeah, I can get down with these. Yeah, these were... Uh, Tastes like baby food in a can. Dude, six, 67% okay, of your gross. vitamin C. <laughs> 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 yeah, you got a lot of your vitamin C in here, dog. 67%. So... Water, well, that's sugar, it. Bam, that's Fight puree. Pantry Mexico. The next one will be for UFC 269. Probably going to do Brazil. Mm. So I was looking some stuff up already. I'm going to make sure I get it ordered that way. <laughs> we, get, we, yeah, well, we, did, we did Louisiana hot sauce. So, I mean, we kind of already did. Yeah. Poirier. Yeah. It's true. Well, and to be honest, there's the chance of us finding something better than those Tam Tams. <sighs> Good luck. I don't know. The one that I got picked out for Brazil yeah. looks fire. Nice. We'll have fire, to see how son. it goes. Fire. So that's what it is, boys. That's our fight pantry for this week. Brandon, what's our song of the week? Our song of the week. So I've kind of been playing around with this a little bit, and I just figured with the um, – it, it didn't really come up this time, but Rose Way Lee last time it was like the whole, oh, better dead than red thing, USA communism. So I figured we'd go with <laughs> – I figured we'd go with um, some Robert Tepper, No Easy Way Out. That's Rocky Four. Who? Robert Tepper. Have you seen Rocky Four? Yeah. Okay, it's the song right after Apollo dies. He's driving around. It's a great song, man. Oh, I'll Google it. I'm gonna look it up just for you. You don't know. You'll know it as soon as you hear. I'm gonna have to make Oliver some mixtapes to make sure. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I got it covered. I've got plenty of time. Uh, John, what's your? Oh no, Brandon, what's your one for the people? Before oh, we my go? one for the people. I hate going first. We make John go first. All right, John, what's your one for the people? Uh, yeah, this candy isn't all that bad. You guys are just a bunch <sighs> of girls. This is that. Easily the worst candy I've ever ate. No, no, not easily either. the worst. Black candy. licorice is the worst candy. I would I'd rather eat black licorice. I would, oh. I would eat black licorice. I hate black licorice. Expect well, I don't want to go into that story, but that yeah, I would that nah. I would eat black licorice over that. Nah, Brandon, mm. what's your one for the people? Um, don't eat that candy and uh, re- read something this week. Read, yeah. some, read something. Read something. It's good for you. That's what I'm gonna be doing. I need to read something. Um. My one for the people, uh, my surgery went good, mm. um, so thanks for everybody. If you are listening that has reached out to me, definitely felt the love this week, and I appreciate it. Um, that's it. Yeah, we move. We go. Episode 50 next week, boys. Ooh, big one. I got something. We'll talk about it after the episode, but I want to do something fun next week. Something Hard different. Drugs. What? Hard drugs. Okay, we'll just spoil the whole Sorry. episode, John. <laughs> Jeez. Don't, don't bring him, Jacob. Come back next week. We'll be here. Um, Brandon might not. Yeah. We don't even know when That's he's... That's scary. Yeah. Well, we don't even know if you'll recover from this candy. I might not recover. I, got, I feel like the toilet's coming <laughs> off of a sticky candy. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the fights Peace this weekend. Out. Peace.